Um, Jacob wrestling with God. I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture again because uh, I'm, I'm actually teaching out of the exact same scripture, but I'm kind of just finishing up what I didn't have a chance to say last week. So uh, Genesis 32, if you have your Bible, starting in verse 24, uh, it says, This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. We, we mentioned last week that's a very weird thing uh, when you're alone, and then the next sentence is someone comes and wrestles with you. So, And then it says, When the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and then wrenched it out of its socket, which would hurt, right? And, and it says, Then the man said, Let me go, for dawn is breaking. And, and so Jacob's holding on to this guy, and this guy's saying, Let me go. Uh, it's, a, it's almost morning. You, you have to let me go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you... Bless me. What's your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, this man told him. From now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with man and have won. Um, and Actually, let's stop right there. Um, so we, we have this wrestling message, Jacob. This is the transforming point in uh, Jacob's life. Basically, Jacob went through his life. He was this shady guy. You know, his, he, he, he deceived his father. He stole his brother's birthright. He ran away because he was scared. He didn't want to face up to his problems, right? He's trying to trick Laban with all these sheep things and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he's on the run for most of his life. And even while he's on the run for his life, even while he's running away and ashamed and had all these things that he did wrong, God is still with him. God still shows up and reminds him of his promises that he gave to Jacob on the day he was born. He still shows up and says, you know, I'm going to be with you, Jacob. You're, you're going to have all these uh, descendants and stuff. You're going to have nations built through you. I'm with you. I'm with you till the end and stuff. Even while uh, Jacob is just wandering and lost in the wilderness, even while he's on the run, even when he deserves it the least, like God is still with him and he's still reminding him of his promises, right? Because we, we don't work with a God that, or no, we don't serve a, a God that, um, that works along the lines of we get what we deserve. In fact, we don't get what we deserve. We got life in exchange for our sin, right? Christ took our sins on himself and then gave us life. Like, we deserve death for our sins, but we didn't get death. We, we got life because that is what grace is about, and that is the God that we serve, just step up your game just a little bit. Just say amen or something, right? Give me an amen. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so this was uh, this transformation point in Jacob's life. He goes from someone that's running away from things um, when things aren't going well to someone who's confronting his fear and he's confronting his shame. And, and when he does this, he, he's transformed by it. See, we have this God who wants to bless us. He wants to transform us. But sometimes, right, it takes him uh, confronting some things in our lives that we don't want to deal with. It takes him confronting things in our lives that we like to keep buried deep down because we just want to show our smiling face, right? We want to act like everything's all right when in the reality of it, Johnny has these things that he doesn't want to deal with. 
He has these things that are buried deep down inside. And we think that, man, if we don't act like we have those things, then we're good, right? But God knows, the Bible says that he knows the depths of our being. He knows everything about us, right? He, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He understands the way we do things. He understands why we do the things that we do. He understands why we do those things when we're lonely. The Bible says we have a high priest that uh, sympathizes with, like he understands what we're going through, that we have a God who understands that. He's not somewhere else like, I don't know what's, what's happening. He's, he's down there. Thank you, Esther. I really appreciate that. It's keeping me going. It really is. But um, anyway, we have a God. So I don't, you know, sometimes it doesn't mean pretending that we don't have hurt or pain or sin. It, it, like that's, sometimes it, it means we don't, it, sometimes it means pulling that stuff out of the um, back room. So I, I think if there's one thing we learned uh, about God who's, you know, sneaking up on Jacob in the middle of the night and just, you know, tackling him um, from behind, if there's one thing that we learn about God is that he's not apathetic towards our transformation, Right? We don't have a God who's uh, okay with sitting back at a distance and watching our lives play out. He, he wasn't sitting uh, on a cloud somewhere while Jacob was going through all this stuff. He's like, no, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to tackle him. We're going to deal with these things that Jacob doesn't want to deal with. We have a God who uh, comes down and wrestles with us, that cares about us, who's involved himself to that point. He, he's involved with us so much, he's involved himself to that point to see us changed and to see us transformed that's what he wants to see that's what he wants to do um, basically uh, in our lives and, and like Jacob um, you know wrestling with God wrestling with God through these things eventually gives way to clinging which is huge because um, Jacob goes from you know fortifying Jacob uh, uh, defending Jacob doing these uh, things Jacob's shady way to, to wrestling to, to you know wanting God's blessing so wrestling gave way to clinging. Wrestling gave way to clinging. Jacob went from wrestling and defending to wanting God's blessing, relying on his blessing, desperately clinging to God, and this all happened. In you know, we have to come to a point when our wrestling uh, gives way to clinging. From, from defending ourselves, uh, trying to justify ourselves in front of a, a holy God to clinging onto God. It's easy for us to try and justify that because that's what we do, right? We justify things in front of God. We wrestle that out with God. We, uh, and, and it has to give way of, of, uh, you know, uh, it has to give way to clinging, right? To clinging to him, to be reliant on him for, uh, for transformation, to say, God, I, I need you to change my heart. I need you to bless me. I'm sick of pretending. I'm sick of playing this part that I shouldn't be um, playing, pretending that I have it all together. I want, you know, I want that to come from, I don't want to just act like I have it all together. I want my altogetherness to actually come out of my heart. Otherwise, it's just religion. Pretending to be one way is just um, religion, right? It's just playing the part. It's just playing the part, but God wants to restore. He wants to transform. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants that to come up. He wants those things, you know, to be the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, and, and peace, and patience, and stuff like that should come out of our heart. Like, I play the part a lot. I pretend, you know, to be patient. I pretend to be um, kind. I pretend to be loving. I pretend to be happy, and stuff like that, and then, you know, I'll, I'll daydream about, you know, a bazooka attached to my car or something like that like I pretend to be one way but in reality I'm another way no one wants to live pretending 
No one wants to live. It gets old. Acting gets old. No one wants to live denying and live acting. No one wants to do that. We want our hearts transformed and then our actions, right? Not to just clean, not to just try and clean ourselves up, but, but, but for um, it to come out of who we are. And God is able to do that. God wants our hearts transformed and then our actions. He wants to be the one to, to heal us. He wants to be the one to change us. He wants to be the one to transform us. And he's willing and he's able to do that. And he's willing to get dirty in a wrestling match with us to change us. He's willing to tackle us from behind sometimes. He's willing to put us in some headlocks. He's willing to deal with the things that we don't want to deal with to 100% absolutely, uh, absolutely change us. You know, Jacob spent his entire life pretending and acting and deceiving, you know, the people around him, you know, tricking them into thinking that, that he was something that he um, wasn't. And, and I was thinking, man, we do so much to, to, like, put on our false selves. Like, that's, it's easy for us to do. Like, we have Facebook pages, right? And we, we only, you know, click the boxes or make the posts that we want other people to see about us, right? We're hanging out with other people. Like, I, I better take a picture so everyone knows that I have friends and that, like, I'm cool and stuff like that. And I go places, right? And I travel and I do all these things. So I want to take pictures to, to show that. And I want to put in my, you know, movies I like section to only be, like, movies that are really, really cool, you know? Or, or TV shows that I watch to be really cool or books that I read. I want people to know that about me. And so we put on these fronts, you know, it's like putting on makeup, you know, it's, 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 it's using these things to put on our false selves, whether it's, you know, money or, you know, trying to convince the people around us that we're all the way put together, and that's what we do. That is what we do, and it's a false self. It's 100% false. Uh, we get security in pretending. We get security in other people looking at us like we have it all together, like, man, that kid's so holy, he's got everything put together, when in reality, like, everything inside of me is screaming, I'm dealing with a lot of pain, right, and I'm dealing with a lot of sorrow, and I'm asking God, God, what are you doing in my life, I need you to lead me out of this, I'm scared, and I'm worried, but I have a good face on at church, like, everyone thinks I'm, I got it all together, so that's what matters and stuff, and God's so sick of that, it, it's such BS, it really, really is, God doesn't want our false selves, he doesn't want that to shine through, he doesn't want that to shine through, he doesn't want our security in um, in, in pretending, God, when God looks at our lives, he's not interested in grooming that, that false self. Like, oh, look at that smile. Look at that, you know, that shiny stuff you're wearing. Look at how put together you are, right? He, 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 he wants, um, you know, he, he, he wants to, he looks at us. He, he knows us. No, not just what we're wearing, not just what we put on, not just how we act, not just what we say, not how many verses we know, not all that stuff. He, he knows us. He knows the deepest, darkest parts of Johnny's heart. He knows where I go when I'm like, he knows what I think about. He knows how I think about people. He knows all of that stuff about my life, and that's what he wants to know. He wants us to be, you know, uh, prostrate in front of him, the Bible says. It means laying flat in front of him. It's all my cards are out. It's God, here is who I am. It's David crying out to God, saying, God, search Every part of my heart, don't leave anything covered. 
know everything about me. And that's what God wants in our lives, right? But we compartmentalize everything. We're like, man, I got my Christian life, and this is what I do, but my job over here, like, God, you can't, like, you know, this, this belongs to the relationships belong, the worry, the fear, like, those things belong to me, right? What I think about, how I hate the, you know, maybe my, my spouse or something like that. Like, all these things, like, those, God, you can't touch. I'm just going to pretend that it doesn't exist because that makes it better. And God's like, no, that's not how we do things here. And he's tackling Jacob from behind. He's saying, we're going to deal with every single thing about us, about you, right? God's not waiting for us to get all, he's not standing at the bottom of the steps like, all right, you know, tell me, tell me when you're ready and then you can come down the steps, you know, you know, make sure that you, you got it all together, your hair is good and stuff like that. And like, um, he looks at us for who we are. Like the Bible says that he knows the depths of our being. He knows the depths of our hearts. Like he's intimately involved with the affairs of our hearts. He's intimately involved with the affairs of our hearts. And in Jacob's case, God, you know, finally makes him you know, confront himself, and he goes from um, wrestling with God because of this, and wrestling God with all these, you know, issues and stuff that, that who's Jacob, is basically Jacob, you know, wrestling it out with God, and then he goes from wrestling to clinging to God, and you have this picture of Jacob playing this part, you know, being this tough guy that's wrestling along with God and stuff, and, and then he starts to allow his true self to come out, you know, maybe he got tired of wrestling, maybe he, maybe it was just too long, right, and all he could do now is just cling to him from all the you know the years of of deceit maybe he started to get a picture of all the years of deceit and hardship and shame and and he starts saying God I need you I need this I need your blessing I need you to rename me God I need everything about you I'm not going to let you go until you do that I need you to change me God and I'm not letting you go until you change me, until you transform me. And the transformation that happens in Jacob's life is, you know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see what happens, right? And the angel of the Lord is saying, let me go, right? The sun's coming up and Jacob's saying, no, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I don't know why he, uh, you know, he's telling Jacob to let him go. He's like, the sun's coming up. Maybe it's because they're face to face, right? And, the, you know, it says in Deuteronomy, uh, you know, no one has stood face to face with God and lived, right? And maybe that's why. Maybe he didn't want uh, Jacob to die right on the spot right but Jacob refuses he keeps holding on and the angel of the Lord asks him what is your name Uh, you know he knew Jacob's name he knew who he was he wasn't just you know stumbling out of some bar and just tackling random dudes you know for all night and then saying oh by the way what what's your name like he knew who he was um, and, and God knows the depths of our hearts. Like, he knows us better than we know us. He knows my name. The Bible says that he knows our, us by name, right? He knows every hair on our head. He knows everything about us. He knows us, um, you know, no matter how we dress ourselves up, no matter how he knows the depths of us, no matter how we paint the barn, like, he knows us, right? That's, <laughs> that's a funny way. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my, my wife... Uh, Jamie calls putting on makeup paint in the barn. <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny way to think about it. But anyway, um, uh, where were we? You know, no, no matter what we hide behind, like like God knows everything about us. And, and, and so he says, what's your name? And Jacob, you know, hanging on to God, he's, you know, and, and Jacob names himself. He says, my name is, is Jacob, which, which, 
means deceiver. It means conniver. It means liar. It means heel grabber. It means coward, right? And, and, and it's like this moment when God says, who are you? What's your name? And Jacob fesses up, and, he, and you know, for the first time, he comes face to face with himself without any of the masks. He's, he basically owns up to who he's been. He's not tricking God. He's not tricking, uh, you know, the, the angel of the Lord is wrestling with him. He owns up to who he's been. He says, here's who I am. Here's who I am. And, 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 you know, every now and then in my life, like, God, sh- like, will hold up this mirror in front of me, and I'll, and I'll get this glimpse of what I'm doing. And my first inclination, like, get this glimpse of who I've been or what I've been or my attitude or my heart and stuff like that, and my first inclination is to run. And usually that inclination wins. I'll just run away and not deal with it, right? But my second inclination is to wrestle with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight God about this because, no, this, this, is, this is who I am. This is what I am. This is, a, you know, it's everyone else's fault. It's not my fault, right? And, and my third inclination is to cling. Say, God, I, I, I understand that's me now. I need you to transform me. I need you to change everything about me. I need my life to be transformed. Um, I need you to transform me, right? To, uh, to understand that God is the only one who can transform me. He's the only one who can deal with and heal my heart. He's the only one that can do that. No amount of you saying that you can do that is going to make you able to do that. He is the great physician. He's the great healer. He's the one that heals us. He has offered that to us. We, we, it doesn't matter how you're acting. That's, that's religion, right? It doesn't matter how you're acting, how together you're put together, right? God wants to deal, and we have to cling to God and say, deal with me, God. I, I want you to change me, God. I want you to transform my heart. I want you to point out these spots, God, that I haven't yet surrendered to you, God. I, I want you to be a consuming fire in my life and just flood me out. I want everything about you to be everything about me, you know, and like the Holy Spirit, like that's what he's for. You know, the Holy Spirit's a person. He's not a power. He's a person. He's a person of the Holy Spirit. He goes with us. He's with us. Can he anoint us? Does he empower us? Absolutely. But that's what he is. The Holy Spirit is not anointing. He's a person that is with us forever. And God says, you're, uh, you're going to go with them. You're transforming. We are being transformed by the person of the Holy Spirit who is with us. Like, it's crazy that God in us, God with us, is the Holy Spirit. That's really good stuff, by the way. So don't lessen what the Holy Spirit is. Don't make him into some invisible power that's just floating around. That He is the person of God that is with us. That's amazing to think about, right? Um, so, was it a, a sidetrack? I don't know, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, God, he deals with our hearts, right? And, and I think a lot of times, like, it's easy for me, because a lot of times it's not my fault, and I know it's not. The, the way I react and the things I do, I, I come from a background of apathy and selfishness in my family. I could see that, you know? And, and so it's easy to see that reflected in who I am and who I've become and stuff. But God's not interested in ignoring that or pretending that that isn't there. He's not interested in saying and sweeping that under the rug, right? He, he's interested in changing that. And, and God in that moment changes, he changes Jacob. Um, he changes his name. He, he transforms him. He turns him into a different person. He changes his name from deceiver to Israel. 
right? And, and he says, you fought with man and God and prevailed, which is crazy to think about. He, but he prevailed. Jacob prevailed in a wrestling match with God by clinging, by refusing to let go, by, by refusing to turn back. He wants something new. He's fed up of who he, he's been. He's fed up of who he was. He wants what God wants for him, right? And I think it's, it's abandoning the crippled old self that, you know, that we've been trying so hard to preserve and, and, and that you, uh, in order that you can receive the blessing uh, of your new identity. You, you have to abandon your old self. We have to abandon the crippled old self to receive the blessing of our new identity, right? We have to, we have to abandon our crippled old self like God isn't interested in making a better version of ourselves he's not interested in that right God didn't come to make uh, bad people good that's not why he came right he came to transform us he came to change everything about us he doesn't just want a better version of ourselves right it's us that's you know we're consumed with being okay right we're consumed with us being okay with us uh, becoming better people but I think it's more we forget about ourselves and be consumed with who God is because he's the one that transforms us. He's the one that names us. That in him we're transformed into the likeness uh, uh, of Christ. That in him we live and move and have our being. Maybe it's uh, less of us and more of him. Really. Maybe it's less of us becoming a better person, right? And, and more about him. More about keeping our eyes on him. More about clinging on to him. More about seeing him in our, in our everyday, you know. And Jacob's face to face with God and forgets himself um, and, and wants all of who God is. And, and he says, I'm not letting go until I have that. And I think this is what God wants for our lives. He wants us to cling to him and say, I'm not letting go. You know, what's your name? That was the doorway to Jacob's transformation. Was God asking what his name was? That was the doorway to transfer. It's not pretending to make yourself okay. Jacob didn't say, you know, well, you know, my name's not Jacob. It's, it's something better than that. He, he said, it's not pretending to make yourself okay. It's not avoiding who you once were. But it's, um, it, it, it's coming right through the doorway of honesty and saying, God, here's me. God, look at me. Look at how messed up I am, God. I want you to change me. I want you to transform me. I want everything about you um, to invade everything about me. Here's who I am without the fronts, without the masks, without the, you know, all the double talk. When, when no one's looking, my name is Jacob, he says. And it's kind of beautiful. And to see that, you know, in, in, in the most vulnerable, honest moment, in that same, it's the same moment that Isaiah had, Right? When, you know, he found himself in the presence of the Lord, right, and he, and, he, and he says, don't look, I'm coming apart, like I'm falling apart, and it's the same thing, you know, that Peter had when he said, go away from me, don't look at me, I'm unworthy, and it's the same moment that, you know, David had, and the same moment that the prophets had, and the same moment the apostles had, and Paul, and all these people that uh, experienced this moment when they had this realization of who they really were, and it's this moment of honesty, of realness, and repentance is what we call it. And it, it's awesome, and God transforms in that moment. <laughs> it's, it's a moment of honesty. 
God doesn't want us to come to him as someone else or our best version of ourselves. He wants us to come to him as we are, as who we are, and he loves us through it, right? He loves us just the same through it. And he sacrificed himself for us through it. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? <laughs> There's a, a song by this band called My Epic I was just listening to, and um, the song's name Confession. You guys should look it up and stuff, but one of the lines is like, um, it says, and in the end I will die as a thief, but my greatest joy is that you'd hang there with me. Blessed that my flesh has been made an object of grace. Like, how beautiful is that? How beautiful is it that I don't have to be scared to come to God with who I am because I know that his grace is there. And I know he wants to wash over us with it. We don't have to be ashamed of our past because we have a God whose grace is greater than our past, right? But coming to him in that moment of honesty, in that moment of realness, right? I was so angry at God, and I thought it was wrong to be angry at God. You know, he, you know, we, we go through all these things and then realizing, man, this was this wrestling match with God, and I was angry at him because he allowed my dad to die, you know, in front of me, and like seeing that happen and stuff like that. And, you know, I had all this anger and stuff, and I thought, man, it's, it's wrong. I just need to brush that away and just put on this happy face and act like I have everything together and stuff like that. But I, I don't, you know, and I don't have stuff together. And um, in that moment of, you know, me being real with God, and that's when he transformed me, you know. That's when he... Um, showed himself as more real than he's than he's ever been and stuff. And, and Jacob, in this moment, he's renamed, right? And it, it's awesome. Like the nation of Israel didn't start with a with a military power or stuff, but it started with this man who's assaulted by God in the middle of the night. <laughs> like God wants to do amazing, huge things through our lives, but sometimes it starts with an assault. Sometimes He has to tackle us. You know, sometimes when we say "God, wrap your arms," we're not talking about a headlock, but maybe that's what He has to do, right? And, and Jacob has this limp for the rest of his days. He has a new name, absolutely, but he also has a new limp. He has this limp for the rest of the day. He carries his staff for the rest of his days. In fact, it says in Hebrew eleven that while Jacob is on his deathbed, he has his staff. In his hand, he's on his deathbed. Jacob blesses the sons of Joseph and worshiping and leaning on his staff, it says. So for the rest of his life, he has this staff. He has this limp. He's leaning on his staff. Transformed Jacob. Transformed Jacob is this man named Israel that has a limp. And it's proof that he fought with God. It's proof that God touched him. It's proof that God blessed him, right? Uh, you know, but he's not consumed with the limp. He's consumed with the face of God for the rest of his life. That's what he's consumed with. All these material possessions and things of this earth, and how can I get more? How can I be more happy? And so he's consumed with God. That's what he's consumed with for the rest of his life. I want to be consumed with God. I want to say, God, take my car, take my house, take my money. God, I, don't, I want to be consumed with him. I want, I, I want to be consumed with him. His confidence in, is in his, in, in his humanity, right? That's who he used to be. He used to be 
confident in his humanity, but he's not now. His confidence for the rest of his days is in God. To the point he's leaning on his staff and worshiping when he's an old man. You know, his limp reminds him that he wrestled with God and he clung to God and he wouldn't let him go and, and that he's been touched by God, right, and blessed by God, which is beautiful. His limp keeps him honest and keeps him real and he keeps his eyes on God, right? And it doesn't fit in with the, you know, the brand of Christianity where God wants everyone to fit on the cover of People magazine, right? That doesn't fit in with that. But this is exactly who God made Jacob to be. He changed his name to Israel. He made him a new person. He transformed him right on that, uh, in that moment, right? He changed him. See, God doesn't want us to be consumed and obsessed with our own lives like Jacob was. He wants to change us, right? He wants us to keep our eyes on him, to be consumed with him, which feels a lot less self-consumed and, and more God-consumed. Like, that feels really good. And he changed him. He didn't just change his name. He changed his identity and who he was. He even changed who he came from, right? It says, uh, so you have not, this is uh, Romans 8, 15, which is a, a great verse. So if you've not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves, instead you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Nor do we call, now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in the glory, we must also share in the suffering. God renames us. That's what he does. He re-identifies us. He transforms us into his kids. We don't make ourselves a child of God by cleaning up our act. We don't make ourselves a child of God. We, we become one by grace, by love. We, we don't perfect our old self. God transforms us. We don't, protect, we don't perfect our old self. We bury our old selves. That's what we do. We bury who we used to be because that's no longer who we used to be. God has given us a new name and a new identity, right? Jacob's old self, Jacob's no longer Jacob. His old self is gone. Who he used to be, what he used to be, everything that he used to be is gone. And God wants to resurrect us as new people. And only he can do that. Only he can transform that. Only he can change our hearts. Only he can do that. Only he can sometimes wrestle out the stuff that we don't want to wrestle with. Right? And he brings us from death to life, from blind to seeing. That's the power of, of Jesus Christ, right? To take us and, and change us completely, to rename us. And it's, it's awesome because this, basically this, this story of Jacob, the saga, ends. It, it's so crazy how this, it, it, it says, uh, it, it basically says, the sun came up. This is after he was done wrestling. The sun came up if, as he left Peniel limping because of his hip and you have this picture of Jacob walking basically into this sunset or the sunrise limping on his cane and that's how it like it's like a movie like this is yeah I, I maybe it's just how I think but I, you know looking at this guy just walking into the sunset limping on his cane thinking man this is a man of God uh, a God who used everything in Jacob's life from the beginning to the end to transform him and change him to fulfill his word and his promises in Jacob's life see God was going to fulfill his promises he was going to from the beginning even when Jacob was at his worst moments even when he was at his most shameful moments God was going to 
change him. And all of these things, all the stuff that he's been through, even up until he's clinging to God at the very end, he was being transformed and changed. And it's no longer Jacob, because Jacob no longer exists. Now his name is Israel. He's changed. Um, we need to cling to our God. We need to not be afraid of ourselves. We need to not be afraid of our past. We need to not be afraid of who we once were. We need to not be afraid or try to hide those things. But we have to know that there's a God who's full of grace and love, who's died for our sins, who's completed everything for us. And he wants us just to be open and honest and real with him to show him who we really are. Cling to your God. Cling to your God. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that, um, you know, um, like the Chris Tomlin song says, you know the depths of our heart and you love us the same. The, that kind of love, that kind of um, understanding is, is indescribable. You know everything about us, God, and, and you want everything about us. You want to own everything in our lives. You want to know us. You want to know us from the deepest parts of our heart. God, and there's things in our lives that we need healing from. There's ways we think and there's, there's ways we talk, God, and there's worries and there's fears and there's, you know, maybe it's worries that I'm, man, I'm coming to you in the wrong way or I'm not talking to you in the right way or, you know, I, I, I'm worried about stuff or, you know, maybe I'm not holy enough or maybe I, I haven't thought about you enough today and I, all these like religious worries creep into my head, God, and I just want to, I want to surrender all those things to you, God, and I want to tell you, God, that I'm, uh, I'm selfish. I care about me. I care about my own desires. I care about my own pleasures. I care about everything about Johnny's life and I confess that to you, God, and I repent because I feel like you want me to cling to you in this. I'm not going to be able to fix that in myself, God, so I'm clinging to you. I pray that you would restore me and transform me, God. You're a God who constantly transforms. You're a God who constantly shows up in real ways, God, and some of us need to be tackled because we're okay with burying stuff. Some of us need to cling, God, and, and I pray that you would just show us what it is. God, help us to be transformed just completely and thoroughly, God. Just do your work in us. Fix in us what needs to be fixed, God. God, I pray if there's any more anger in me at you, You know, because you let my dad die and stuff and because life didn't go exactly how I thought it should go and, you know, I've been angry at you. If there's any more of that, God, I just point it out. I want to cling to you through that, God. I know that you're real and I know that you want to transform and heal. So I offer myself to do that, God. I thank you for this ministry. Thank you for everything that you've done through it. I thank you for how much I've grown through it. And I pray that in this next season that you would just do something amazing and powerful through it.
We surrender it to you like we always have, like we've always done. I thank you for this, God. I thank you for Jacob's story, that he's someone that we can relate to. That his story didn't end with him named Jacob. I thank you for that, God. We invite you to transform us, to rename us, to change us, to work your miracles inside of us, God. We open ourselves up for you. In Jesus' name, amen.